If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be, starting with about verse 38. It's a story you all know, but let me tell you where we're going starting next week. We're going to start talking about a divine direction and what God wants to give to us. We're going to talk about the power to become uh, next Sunday, to become who God wants us to be, who we are in God's will. And it's just something we need to understand that we're going to talk about the wisdom to discern different things in our life. We're going to talk about trusting the process God has put before us, uh, things we need to change, things we need to look at, and then the faith to start those things. And I guarantee you it ties right into what we've been spending the last four weeks talking about is we choose. You know, I choose different things. The choices that I've made today determine who I am tomorrow. The things I decided yesterday are who I am today. And that's going to tie right into what we have been talking about. But today we're talking about choosing the important over the urgent. And we've said in the last several weeks, we are essentially the sum total of the decisions we make. We're the sum total of those things. The decisions we make, made even 20 years ago maybe, is who we are today but who we are today in the next 20 years could start this very day because of our choices. You see, choices will impact who will we become in the future. Let me ask you this as we get started. How many of you would say, wish I had more time to do something? Anybody wish you had more time in today? I mean, be honest. You know, we all do. Wish I had more time to do this or that. Maybe I wish I had more time to spend with the kids. Maybe to pray, maybe to read, maybe to rest, maybe to work out, maybe more time to go fishing, to hang out with friends, more time to travel, more times to serve. But, wish we had more time to do all those things, but, don't you hate those things in life? I, don't, I can't say that. Don't you hate the buts in life, the B-U-T-S? Because with all that, We'd like to have more time to do those things, but we also know there's a yard to mow, there's dishes to do, there's diapers to change, there's mouths to feed, there's bills to pay, chores to complete, work projects are looming, and I got to get that Instagram just perfect, you know. There's things we got to do. There's things that have to happen. See, even today, you ask someone, how are you doing? What do they say? We're okay. We're fine. Ask them this question. Hey, can you help me do something? What's the answer? I'm busy. You don't understand all the things I have going on. I'm too busy to do this. I have all those things I've got to do. We're never relaxed. You see, I can't prove it theologically. I can't prove it biblically. But I truly believe if the devil can't make you bad, he's going to make you busy. Okay? If he can't make you bad, he's going to make you busy. If he makes you busy enough, what's going to happen? You're going to get bad. You see, he doesn't make you bad automatically. I just have to keep giving you things in, his, in our life. He keeps saying, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. You really need to get this done. You really need to do this. And we start looking at all the things we have to do. How many of you often feel like there is so much to do that we're so often rushed? There's never enough hours in the day. You see, never say, I don't have enough time because we do. Okay? Don't ever tell someone, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. Because we all have the same amount of time. Right? We have 24 hours in a day. We all have seven days. We all have the same amount of time. God-given time. 
So if it's God-created time, then we have time to do that which is important. That which we make important. In your line, it says this. Because I actually have time for what I choose to have time for. Isn't that the truth? We all have time to do that which we choose to have time for. If I really want to do something, I'm probably going to do it. I'm going to work it into my schedule. I'm going to make sure I get to do it. I'm going to get it done. In the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of doing a little bit of everything, having fun doing it all. I told Sandra yesterday, if we get home at 5 o'clock, which we got home a little before that, that's the earliest I've been home in the last two weeks because I've been doing a lot of other things. Don't get me wrong, things I love to do. Been a blast. Been loving it. Getting to bed about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, getting up 6, 6.30, energy. Same with this morning. Got to sleep about 10.30 last night, woke up, my alarm didn't go off, woke up about the same time, 6.30, I'm good to go, ready for church, let's get this done, let's do it. But it's what I have time for. Think about this. We all have time for what we choose to have time for. Anytime I'm saying, I wish I had time to do something else, the problem is, I'm actually choosing something over something else. Therefore, I will never say, I don't have time for something, I choose for what I have time for. Understand the difference between the important over the urgent. Okay? Understand what's truly important in our life. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians? What's of first importance? That Christ died for our sins. That Christ did all these things. That's of first importance. So anything we do for Christ, anything we get done for God, anything we choose to do for God is going to be of first importance You see, we have to choose the important over the urgent. We just can't let it happen. It has to be a choice that we make in our life. If you're in business and you have a business you're trying to run, calming an angry customer is urgent. Okay? You've got to get that done. If you've got a customer coming in and they're angry and they got fire coming out of their nose and their ears and all those things, you've got to take care of it. But building a system to keep customers from getting angry becomes important. It starts on the front end. Let's do things so they don't get angry. Getting your car engine repaired is urgent. Changing the oil is important. Okay? The urgent over the important. Getting help when you are sick is urgent. Taking care of yourself so you don't get sick, that's important. In your outline, Seth Godden says this. He says, if you choose what is important, you won't deal with as many things that are urgent. Catch that. If you choose what's important, you won't have as many things to do with that are urgent. So what am I talking about? So we have all these important things we're doing in our life, and I can't choose what's important for you. I can't say, Jeff, Ben, Dave, these things have to be important in your life. You have to choose that yourself. So we put those priorities in place. Hopefully they're God-given priorities. They're God-given important things. I can't choose those for you. But if I have those things that are important, the urgent things are those things that want to take place of what's important. What do I mean by that? We're going to set up, we're going to be in church every Sunday for the year. That's going to be important. We're going to worship God. We're going to serve God. We're going to do all those things. That's the first importance. But then what happens is Friday, Saturday rolls around a couple weeks later, and all of a sudden an urgent thing comes up. It could be an urgent golf game. Could be an urgent fishing trip, soccer game, softball game. 
could be an urgent this, an urgent that, you fill in the blank. All of a sudden, what was important all becomes an urgent. And what, that, what does that mean? It means it's just something else we have to do. And so many times we have it in our head, oh, this is urgent. We can't not do this. So the urgent becomes more important than what's truly important. But he also said the opposite is true. If you're only choosing that which is urgent, then you're not going to be faced with the more important things in life if we choose the urgent. So we're going to choose the important over the urgent. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, there's a story about Mary and Martha. You've heard this story over and over again, but it's so true. And we're going to look at Martha. And Martha does exactly what many of us do today. So don't start getting on Martha here, okay? Don't sit here and say, I didn't ever done what Martha did. Because we do it every day. We do it every week. Maybe without thinking, maybe without all making that decision, but we do it every day. She is overwhelmed by an urgent situation. And to her, this is huge. Jesus is coming to her house. The Savior, the Son of God, is coming to her house, and she wants that house perfect. So it's urgent. She does all these things, but she misses the truly important. I want you to see it. Verses 38 and 39, Luke says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. The important over the urgent. Martha, she had the urgent on her mind. But Mary did what was important. She sat at the Savior's feet. Now, we look at Martha, and we understand what Martha's going through. She's feeling the pressure as a host or hostess. She's invited Jesus in. I'm sure the disciples are there. She's wigging out. She wants things perfect, and you can't blame her. You can't blame her for what she's wanting. I mean, if it's just a regular guest, okay, it may be a little dusty. It may be not perfect. But throw in the closer here. It's just not anybody coming to her house. It's Jesus. It's the Son of God. She would love to spend time with Jesus, but there's so many things to do. So many things to get done. That she chose that which was urgent and didn't take the opportunity for what was truly important. Ask yourself this question. Is that us sometimes? I mean, can can we be honest just a little bit? Can we truly say that sometimes we choose that which is urgent over which was truly important? It happens all the time. I mean, someone's coming over and you get that call. Hey, we're going to be there in an hour. And all of a sudden you start freaking out. Oh, no. The house isn't clean. I don't have my worship music on, so they're not going to think I'm a Christian. We don't have the expensive candles burning. We don't have this. So we start stuffing stuff under the bed. We put things in the closet. All those dirty dishes that was on the counter now go in the dishwasher. And we try to get everything done just so it's so-so because somebody's going to be there. We do it. It happens to us all the time. And that's just for a regular person. Catch verse 40 of Luke chapter 10. It says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that she had to make. She came to Jesus and asked, 
Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Catch that. Lord, don't you care? I've got all these urgent things I have to get done. Lord, don't you care that I have to clean the house, I have to get supper, I have to do all these things? Lord, don't you care? And you have to love the phrase. Martha says, all these things I have to do. I have all these things, Jesus. Yeah, you're in the house, but I have all these other things I have to get done. So she tattles on her sister. Lord, don't you care? Come on, Jesus, tell her to help me. What does the world do, do, do to us all the time? Sunday's church. Now, if I'm not mistaken, church has always been on Sunday for as long as I can remember. In fact, I think Jesus called it the Sabbath. You know, I know it starts on Saturday night, goes into Sunday, but we worship on Sundays. It's been that way for years. The time may vary a little bit, different places, but it's always on Sunday. But what always happens? We're so busy, Sunday comes around, and all of a sudden, sleeping in becomes urgent. I've had such a week. I just, so one day I have to rest, you know. Now, I understand people that work shifts. I did that, been there, done that. I've worked a shift where I had to work Sundays. Had to get used to that, so we would always go to church, try to go to church on a Saturday at another church. You know, try to do those things. But so many times we let that urgent, Jesus, all these things I have to do. You see, Martha was distracted by all the preparations. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm guilty that I, I chase squirrels every once in a while. I mean, I get into life and I'm doing all these things. All of a sudden, whew, I'm over here. I'm doing this. It's like, how do I get over here doing this? And I'm supposed to be doing this over here. I mean, there's days where I look for my glasses and guess where they're at? on top of my head, because I'm just so distracted. I've got all these things I'm trying to do. I mean, I still haven't found my phone yet. It's been nice. I kind of like it. Sandra does it because all the calls are forwarded to her. Okay? I'm guilty. This sermon is just not for you. It's for me also. But let me ask you this. Serious question. What if you are distracted? What if we are distracted with the urgent in life all the time? What happens? Because if we're distracted with the urgent, yet totally missing the important, what's really happening? I mean, look at Mary and Martha. Martha's saying, man, I've got all this I've got to do, and it's a big list of things. But Mary knows what her sister has to do. Mary knows her sister's not happy with her. Mary knows she should be helping, but Mary also knows Jesus is in the house. And she's sitting at Jesus' feet. What if we're totally missing the point? Catch verses 41 and 42. Listen to what Jesus tells Martha. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset by many things, but few things are needed, or needed only one, he says. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. She's chosen what is better. 
Like I said, Mary knew things that had to be done. Mary knew what Martha was facing, but Mary also chose that which was better. And it's not going to be taken away away from her. So ask this question. I know I'm asking a lot of questions, but that's okay. What's the most important thing you've been distracted from pursuing or doing or being? What's the most important thing in our life right now that we're being distracted from? Maybe it's time with God, time with the kids. Maybe it's our marriage. Maybe it's working out. Maybe it's reading. Maybe it's keeping a journal. Maybe it's church. You see, we have to choose the important over the urgent. Remember what Jesus said, Martha, you're worried, you're upset about so many things. But I think what Jesus was trying to tell her, and he's trying to tell us, some of the things we're worried about, some of the things that we need think are important, that we think are important, Jesus is saying, not really. Not really. I think Jesus wants to understand our priorities sometimes get all flipped around, they get all messed up, that we forget what is truly important. Jesus said a few things are needed. Just a few things that are needed, or indeed only one, he says. He says Mary chose that. Mary chose what was better, and it will not be taken from her. In other words, no, I'm not going to tell Mary to help you. I'm not going to tell her to go do what you want her to do because she has chosen the better. Listen, if we're not intentional about this, I mean, if we're not on purpose, I can promise you without a doubt, without even second thought, the urgent will crowd out what is truly important in our life. Catch that. It happens all the time. We have a choice. We make choices. We have time for what we choose to have time for. And it's our choice. I mean, I wish I could say, man, Dale, this is what's important, buddy. You've got to do it. Or Dave, you've got to quit doing this other stuff because this is truly important. And I can almost guarantee you this morning that you've been in positions in your life that you've had to make that decision Man, if this is really important, if this is really my choice, I better do something about it. And it better go from number three and number four and number five closer to the top under God to make a difference. See, choosing the important, how do we do that? How do we do? How do we choose the the important? In your outline, the first one is this. We have to create artificial deadlines. I, I read this from another minister that he does this. He's in a big church. You know, so he has not only a main church of about 20,000 people. They have all these satellite churches around that are averaging three or 4,000 people. And they, as I was reading about him, they, he's always asked. We've heard him speak at the North American. Greg Rochelle is his name from Texas. How do you get it all done? He goes, I don't. He goes, I have to let a lot of things go. He goes, there's a lot of things I'd like to see different. He goes into these other churches. Now, he's the big dog. He's the head guy. If he said, I want this a different collar, they would do it. Okay? He just says, no, I can't worry about those things. So what he does is what he creates artificial deadlines. So he knows he has to have something done. So he creates an artificial deadline. It's a fake deadline. Like for me, I know that I need to get my outline to Linda by Friday. 
If you want it in the bulletin, it's got to be here by Friday. My artificial deadline for at least my outline is Monday afternoon. In my head, it has to be done Monday afternoon. Does it always get done on Monday afternoon? No, but I got a good start. That's my artificial deadline to make sure I get it done. Really doesn't have to be done until Friday, but I want it done Monday, Tuesday at the latest. And if she's lucky, she gets it by Thursday, Friday. Okay? Because there's always changes and tweaks. Then you can ask Paula. There's times we come in here on Sunday. She goes, something doesn't jive because I have it done early. I send it out. And then I make changes, and I forget to make changes on the master. And so it messes everything up, so we have to fix it, and it all works. And it really forces us to do three things. And this, I think we need to do this. Number one, delegate things I should not be doing. And that could be in your life. If there's things in your life you really should not be doing, you need to delegate it. Let other people do it. Say no to some things that I should not be doing. That's hard for me to do. It's hard for me to say no. And with this artificial deadline, it helps. I do my best to get it done or at least to get it started. But, man, delegate things. And you're saying, well, who am I going to delegate it to? You know, if it's not that important, then don't do it at all. Number two, be ruthlessly selective in your yeses. Before you say yes to anything new, be very careful, very prayerful about what you say yes to. I would argue even today the barrier to the meaningful life is not a lack of commitment. It's an overcommitment to things. Before you commit to something else, make sure it's something that is really, truly important that you can praise and glorify God with. If it's not, don't get tied up in it because it's not worth your time. So many times you ask somebody, how are you? You say they're busy, they're overwhelmed. I have this, I have that, I have kids' games, I have school, I've got diapers, I've got a house to fix, I have supper to fix, I have family stuff. But again, when we do all this, but then we're too tired to worship, too tired for Bible study, too tired for youth groups, too tired to serve, too tired to volunteer. Is it worth it? I mean, really, is it worth it? See, busyness does not necessarily equal productivity. I mean, you can be busy, but all you're doing is spinning your wheels. And when you spin your wheels enough, what happens? It creates a rut. What's a rut? It's a grave with both ends knocked out. Okay, that's all it is. Business does not equal meaning, and it does not equal the fulfillment of life. I've learned this the hard way, and I probably still do it too much, but, you know, it's one of those deals that's a process that we have to go through. The best believers don't do more. They do more of what matters the most. And thirdly, we're going to do first what matters the most going to do first what matters the most. If I have time, I ride my bike. If we have time, we'll watch a movie. One day, we're going to take a weekend getaway. Wish we had time for this. Wish we had time for that. You have time for what you choose to have time for. Just first, do first what matters most. You see, we're all followers of Jesus. I truly believe that. I truly believe everybody sitting here this morning is a father of Jesus, is believers of Jesus, they believe in that first importance of what Paul talked about. Yet, in our life, even though we call ourselves believers, we call ourselves followers, yet we're not aligning our hearts to his kingdom. 
We're not seeking him first in the mornings. We're not letting his word be a regular part of our life. How do I know this? It's human nature. Just watch people. Watch people rush from here to there. And if we add more and more things on the outside, we let those things cry out the most important things on the inside. You really do love Jesus, and you really want to make a difference, yet we don't seek him first in all things. Remember what Matthew 6.33 says? Jesus said, seek first what? The kingdom of God, and his righteousness will be added to all those things. If we seek him first, if we seek God first, in other words, if we have a daily reading plan, if we devote our life to God, if we pray, give God the honor that maybe we ask God and we pray, God, that, okay, God, give me eyes to truly see that which is pure. God, give me the ears to hear what the Spirit is trying to say. Give me a mouth to encourage with the truth. Give me a heart to serve. Give me hands that bring glory to the kingdom of God. Give me feet to go where you want me to go. God, give me the strength and the knowledge to realign my life. You see, when we choose that which is of first importance, we're going to choose people over perfection. This is kind of an odd thing to add into here. But I understand that so many times we think people have to see us as perfect. That we have to make sure all of our ducks are in a row, that they see even a hair out of place. And I know it's kind of difficult on this head, you know. But a hair out of place, it's like, oh, no. And we say, well, we can't have anybody over. Why? Because there's Cheerios on the floor. Like I said earlier, we don't have our worship music on. We don't have the expensive candles burning. But you know what? doesn't matter if there's Cheerios on the floor, if there's little dust on the shelf. I mean, you come to our house, and I used to think when we didn't have kids in the house, our house would be spotless, but life still happens. So if you come to our house, it's not going to be dirty, and there probably shouldn't be Cheerios on the floor. There could be popcorn, though. You know, it's one of those deals. But you know what? We can make some iced tea. We can go on the back deck. We can drink iced tea, we can visit, we can do life. It doesn't have to be perfect, folks. It just means we're doing it together. In your line it says this, you can make excuses or you can make progress. You can't do both. We can make excuses all the time, but you won't make progress doing that. It's all about our choice. It's about the choice we make every day. But the choice we make up when we open our eyes, it's the choice we make when we close them at night, or it's all those different things that are happening. You see, we're choosing the important over the urgent. And I want you to know right here, right now, I don't always get it right, but guess what? You don't either. So we're in the same boat together, but with the help of Christ, every day I choose Jesus. Why? Because I need Jesus every day. I truly do. I need him in my life. I need him in my decisions. So we're doing what matters most. Martha chose the urgent. Mary chose the important. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will never be taken from her. That's what's important. You see, Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, there were things that needed to be done. Yeah, there were other things that probably should have been done. 
Yeah, Martha was busy, and Mary saw that. And I'm sure Martha probably looked at Mary, and Mary probably said, Martha, don't worry about it. Come over, sit at the feet of Jesus. And Martha had it in her head so tight that I can't do that because I've got this to do. And Mary's going, would you knock it off or crying out loud? Jesus is in the house. And it was a worship. It was a time to sit at Jesus' feet. That's what's truly important in life. Now, I also want to say this as I close. I know there's things going on in our lives. I know there's things that we say we're going to do this, we're going to do this, because these are of great importance. And then all of a sudden, life throws this curveball at us. And I don't know if I've used this illustration or not, but it's one of those deals. Have you ever watched a little leaguer get up to bat, and he's getting ready to hit, and this kid that's pitching can throw a nasty curve? And a good curveball, when you're standing in the batter's box, it looks like it's going to hit you right in the head, okay? And you teach these kids, and they finally learn it as they get older, but I've seen professionals do it. They still want to duck out of the way of that curveball. And then at the last minute, that ball breaks, and it goes right where it's supposed to. You see, life is that way a lot of times. But what you have to do, what I was taught, and what I always taught when I was coaching baseball, is keep your eye on the ball, keep your head where it's supposed to be, stand in there. That's why they give you a helmet for crying out loud. Let it hit it in your head, go to base. That's the worst case scenario. But if not, sometimes to hit that curveball, you want to swing, but you have to pause. You have to stop for just a second. And you pause, and then you swing, and then you can hit a curveball every time. But sometimes that pause is of greater importance. I think Jesus is calling us to pause just a little bit this morning. The song we're going to sing is The Savior is Waiting. He's waiting to enter our hearts, enter our lives. And the question that's going to be asked is, why don't we let him come in? And I'm talking truly, let him come in.